Hi, Mr. Rabbi. Hello, Father Priest. So, uh, Mr. Rabbi, do do um, how are you feeling this morning, man? You know, I, I talked to you earlier in the week. You seemed a little a little under the weather. Are you feeling better today? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I I, I don't feel great. I'm I'm, I'm really kind of hoping and praying. It's just a, a slight case of the cold, which I'm. Uh, that's what I'm telling myself. That's right. Um, well. Yeah, brother. I mean, the numbers are real, so I, um, I hope I don't have. I hope you don't have the CVID. But if uh, um, let's just hope and pray that you're you're going to be, you're all good. You're all good. So, um, and but you still showed up for work today. You still showed up for this podcast because when you found out that Mayor Mike Meyer was going to jump on this podcast, you fell off your couch. Wow! Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty. You know, uh, it, it was very exciting. Get the get the mayor of our town to come inform us, and um, you know, I think it's also it's also interesting that you know the mayor is uh, is is young, um, has passion, has great uh, desire and drive, and um, a, a great outlook and perspective on life. Um, yeah, I'm 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 super I'm super pumped. Super pumped. yeah. I told someone in my church, I said, we're going to have Mayor Mike. And they're like, oh, he's, he, he's fantastic. I was like, oh, awesome. They're like, yeah, man, he is he's so sharp and uh, has a passion for the community. So wait a minute, I think he's, I think he's at the door. Mayor Mike, is that you? Yes, hey. <laughs> hey, man, thanks for showing up for the podcast. It's so good to have you here today. Uh, you got it. I'm uh, trying to make it sound like I'm speaking through a mask because apparently in this narrative, I'm like knocking at your door, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for, for, for saying yes to this and just going with it. And, um, and I appreciate that. And this the number one rule of doing improvisation is saying yes. So uh, just say yes, <laughs> just say yes, exactly. So, um, all right, well, look, my man, we're really excited for, for the show today. We're really excited to have you on here to talk about your passion, what led you to politics, uh, and, uh, um, and then what your thoughts are for our community, especially during, some might say tumultuous times. Some might say great a great time of opportunity and growth and development for for our country and for our own uh, psyche. So, uh, are you ready to rock and roll with us? I'm I'm rocking and rolling. Let's go. All right, Eminem. Let's make it happen. So let's get ready for uh, another episode of a priest and a rabbi. Uh, subscribe to this podcast, leave a comment on there, share it with your friends. It does, it does us, it does us, it does us a great uh, service for the show. We would be so grateful. So God bless you. Let's get ready to roll. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the program hosts and their guests and are not necessarily those of WSTU, St. Mary's Episcopal Church, and Temple Bait Hyam. Products that may be mentioned are not necessarily intended as an endorsement. Any reproduction or retransmission of this broadcast is strictly prohibited. And now, WSTU presents a priest and a rabbi. Call in with questions and comments at 220-9788-220-WSTU. Now, here's your host. Oh, what is up, all you folks out there in Stewart, Florida, and around the world? This is Father... Which one am I? Father Christian, and next to me is the most handsome... Rabbi, you've seen this side of the Jordan River. It is Rabbi Matthew Durbin from Temple Beth Chaim. <laughs> Rabbi, you're feeling a little down, but your spirits are high. What is happening with you on this day? I am uh, 
I, I, I'm doing I'm doing really well. Just a, a, a little bit of a cold. Uh, I will say, uh, I hope, uh, a little bit of a cold. Uh, no fever. Mm, hopefully non-COVID. But, um, yeah, just been, uh, just been trying to keep up. Keep on keeping up, man. We're trying to keep up with this. Uh, you know, today we're talking about the next generation of leadership in America because, you know, we, I don't know if you know this, you know, our mayor of, of Stewart, Florida is like, I think he's 17 and it's, he's like the youngest mayor ever in the history. Um, no, he's 33, but you know, so we're, we're going to get into that today. So for all you tuning in stay on this day of Hamilton, this day that we are, are all going to our Disney plus accounts to watch the Hamilton film, we're going to talk about our own version of a young scrappy um, and hungry, not hungry as in food, but hungry for change in America. Our own version of that um, is, is Mike Meyer. But before we get there, uh, let me, so, Rabbi, you're you're feeling a little little, little under the weather. You know, my my church over at St. Mary's, man, we we got we got we got a handful of families that are, that are uh, that are struggling with COVID. So it is, it's like the new normal, man. It's just the mm. new normal. I mean, it's just it's just here. Before it was like, oh gosh, someone has it. Now it's like, oh yeah, they have it. Okay, all right, all right. Well, you know, somebody had told me recently that I think like the statistical figure is something like um, in Martin County. Uh, is actually really high. It's not like the 15%. I think it's something like 20 or 30%, which kind of seems like it almost sounds as if it's like one in every third person. Well, I think, you know, before before we dig ourselves in the hole where we are out of our... Uh, <laughs> we're unable to dig ourselves out. Right, well, which happens pretty much every show. Um, uh, we, we do have a, 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 a representative of this area uh, with us. Uh, we, we really, you know, we, there's so much going on in the world. And uh, even though Martin County is a nice, beautiful, peaceful place, there's, there's stuff going on here as well. And we've been trying to bring in throughout our show here, uh, bring in local leaders at times as well. Um, and especially now while we on our TV sets and stuff, we might see, I said TV sets, that dates me. Um, that's way before our, our mayor was born. Um, but the, we, we, see, we see some images of, of, of divisiveness, of chaos, uh, and leadership right now is so important, right? This, 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 and, and I'm so curious to know what the next generation of leaders, what they want to bring to America. They're growing up during this time, and they're seeing this, and they're like, okay, I want to jump into this, and I want to make change. And so we have the fortune here in Stewart, Florida, that our mayor is just the ripe age of 33, which in 2020 is pretty much 23. I mean, I don't know. I think I mean, somebody, somebody uh, kind of super famous made it to 33. That's right. And he was Jewish. <laughs> but he also you, united Jews and Gentiles together. Um, people forget that. He was uniting them, not trying to fight them. Um, but yeah, so we got uh, Mayor Mike Meyer with us, everyone, and it is, I know he's got a full plate, literally, of vegetables in front of him, but he's got a full plate of, of all the stuff he's doing for our wonderful city. Mike Meyer, it is so wonderful to have you on the show. Welcome, my brother. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Rabbi. Um, can I, I just want to say, that was the most fun opening I've I mean, that I've ever heard or been a part of. And so I, do you have like a zing tally going on here? I mean, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to be involved in the show moving forward, just to kind of be, be that person, like tallying up all the great puns and zing. I'm just, I love it. I got my, I got a full plate. I'm, I'm ripe. Let, let's go. <laughs> we, we, we will have to get somebody to, uh, to fact check uh, uh, Father Anderson here. 
Oh, oh I, gotta, I have to fact check you. I hate to say, Rabbi, I got to fact check you with some of that COVID data. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, I really appreciate the the intro. Thanks for the kind words. Um, yes, I love my community. I love I love this city. Um, I love this country, and uh, and I'm I'm serving it. And uh, and right now, as a as a farmer, farmer by day and politician. Um, I'm trying to do everything I can to build a better, build a better community and a better future. And I think it's uh, also, I think it's also interesting um, and important for our listeners to understand that, you know, Mike comes to us not only as the mayor but somebody who was born and raised in our community, which I think is um, just amazing to be able to, you know, what, what was it like for you, Mike, growing up here and then moving away and then coming back? You know, what what was that like for you? Well, I will say, just to correct the record, I did grow up with a TV set, uh, you know, so I played video games on it. Um, I, uh, I, I grew up in Jensen Beach, um, uh, and uh, I had a pretty idyllic childhood, really, you know, solid middle class family. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up in my, my childhood home. I grew up um, in Leilani Heights, a neighborhood right adjacent to... Um, Jensen Beach Elementary. So I am so proud to say that, like, in this beautiful community, I grew up, I walked to school every day. Isn't that amazing? Like, I walked through my neighborhood to school every day. Um, so, you know, and I was one of the last, uh, I know there's a lot of, like, age, age, ageists playing going on here, but I was one of the last, I think, uh, of, of, our, of our generations uh, to, you know, play outside I played video games too, but I played outside. I made forts. I rode my bike around. I loved rollerblading. Um, I there's a couple photos of me when I was <laughs> like eight or nine, to, totally Napoleon dynamiting it out, like kind of big, like curly red afro and big buck teeth in my in my karate gi, r- rollerblading around my cul-de-sac. Like you know, it was just it was it was like that. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I grew up, I went through all the Martin County schools. Uh, I went to South Fork for IB. Um, and, you know, as I got a little at, nearing uh, graduation senior year, um, I, at, you know, like a lot of young people, I had vision, I had drive, I wanted to get out and experience the world. And I was going to get the heck out of this boring little town. So I went to New York City uh, for college, and I fell in love with New York. I really loved the diversity. I, I loved the access to virtually everything, to the culture, to the art to the food, to the beautiful parks. Um, and, uh, and after graduation, I ended up getting a job with a tech company uh, at the dawn of the online video industry. So you're talking about your Disney Plus. Um, my firm uh, got really lucky. It got hired on and grew fast within the organization. My firm was one of the first that was doing online video advertising. Mm. Um, and then, uh, you know, of course, the great collapse of 2008, which hopefully we can talk about a little today, sort of inspired me to change my life. And uh, got out of that industry, got into farming, um, and then after a while, decided to come back home. I, I missed my family. I felt like I was missing out. I had developed all these great skills and seen the world. And uh, every time I came home for for Christmas, for holiday, to visit with family, um, I missed I missed this beautiful paradise. I missed my family and I missed my community. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go back home and I'm going to bring some of the things that I've learned and seen and and some of my expertise and some of my vision and I'm going to try to, you know, make Stuart better. Um, not change it, but make it better, you know, help it grow and, and make it better for young people so that maybe they don't feel like they have to, they have to leave. 
to go do something with their lives. Yeah, that is something that we've heard before is that you, the, the, there's seems to go one way or the other where there's young folks who are like, yeah, once, once college comes, I am out the door. Yeah. I'm like, so, you know, I talk to kids in my congregation. So where are you going to go? You know, you're going to, you, you're going to go local, you're going to go UCF or whatever. And like, man, I am out of here. Like I'm going to pick a state that's far. I'm ready to roll. And then there's others who'd be like, I am flow grown. I am here. This is where I'm staying. I don't want to go anywhere else. Like we take kids on like short-term missions and we go either domestically in America or we go out someplace. And they always at the end, like, man, I just miss, I want to get back to Florida. I just want to get back to Florida. So there's, there's a lot of like love for this area, you know, for, yeah, for, for sure. For, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's always interesting. I knew my former congregation, we were in a small, uh, small city in upstate New York and a lot of our kids, um, you know, their, their, their dream and their passion was exactly what you said, get me out of this small town. And then as they go through college and they really sit down and think how and what type of life do I want to build for myself? They come back. Because they realize how important, um, you know, small town and 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 really community is. I mean, we see it today. I mean, I'm sure, Mike, that you probably walk around town and everyone knows who you are. Or there's the mayor. You know, I, 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 there, there's there's something nice about our little slice of paradise. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get it. So, so you have, so where, Mike, where did you get from? You came home and when you came home, was politics on your map? Uh, not really. No. I mean, I, I was involved with Occupy Wall Street. Um, you know, I, I got after 2008, um, the economic collapse. I mean, that for me really, and for, for most, many people my age, um, that, that was such a, a, a great kind of pivot point for so many of us. Um, we basically saw the, you know, the great American dream, the rug got pulled out from underneath us and, you know, the bubble was popped and it I, I can go on with more and more um, metaphors, but we, it, it just made us question everything, made me question everything and made me say, you know, is this whole kind of rat race idea of life of, um, you know, you just work, 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 work. It doesn't matter what you're doing, just make that money so that you can like buy happiness and have a material existence that is um, that shows everybody how successful you are, uh, no matter what it does to the rest of society. Um, you know, it merely made me question that. And then suddenly it was also like, well, you can't even do that anyway, because it's all there. <laughs> there's a lot of corruption built into the system structurally. So, um, so I did get a little political there. Um, and at the same time in New York, I, I got into farming and got really interested in food policy. Um, you know, I read Michael Pollan, uh, uh, the omnivore's dilemma, and I started reading food nonfiction. I learned about how global food corporations were um, buying each other up and uh, reducing choices, and you know, uh, encouraging more industrial agriculture. Um, and everything just started to make me feel kind of upset. And so I rallied against it by getting into farming and uh, and by community activism. Um, but no, when I came home, uh, I, I was you know I was a I was a farmer. I wanted to come and bring small, small uh, agriculture and local seasonal food and young farm, like the young farmer movement down south, because we were really missing it here. And um, and so that's what kind of inspired me to get back home. And I got right to work. I worked with Kai Kai Farms, amazing uh, farm out in Indian Town, and for for a few months. And then um, 
one thing led to another, got lucky and joined forces with some of my old childhood friends and we started Ground Floor Farm, um, Stuart's first urban farm and actually the country's first urban farm and restaurant. Um, Shut up. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? And Wait, little, hold up. Sleepy little Say that store. again? Yeah, so we were we were the country's, I mean, maybe not first, right, going back like in through all of historical memory, but anyway, in recent memory, um, first combined urban farm and restaurant that actually, you know, we grew the produce right there on our farm, right attached to the restaurant in the middle of a downtown. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's um, okay. So you're doing that. And then you're obviously you're, you're conscious, you're, you're individual. And this time you're around like 30. Is this when the, the restaurant gets built? Yeah, yeah. So after two years of farming, and we were originally like a um, a uh, banquet hall, like a, a event space, we decided to do the restaurant, and then kind of the community aspect took off from there. Okay. Um, so you so as as you, as you run a restaurant and you run a farm, you are gonna you start to become you're already a local guy, so you already know the community. But really, now you become a, a center, like a public square, where you get to see people, meet people, talk with people. Oh yeah. When during that time. And you're already a pretty, you're a politically conscious guy and a socially conscious guy. Um, when did I say, and, and this is a key thing that, that for people who are listening right now, this is so key what Michael said. He's like, you know, I was reading these books and I was getting angry, but then, but then you not only got angry, you did something, right? You did something about you said, okay, what do I got to do, right? So St. Augustine, I guess from my tradition, St. Augustine said you know, that, that, that justice has a sister and her name is anger. Right. But but anger leads to her her twin sister, justice, that that it leads you to do something. We just sit in our anger, get angry. Then we just post ridiculous things on Twitter and Facebook. But if you just got to get up and put your money where your mouth is, there was a point where you did that. You said, OK, I got to make some change even more than you were already doing. And that was politics. Yeah. Well, how did that happen? Um, well, so the what drew me to politics locally wasn't it wasn't. It wasn't anger per se, but it was sort of it. It kind of uh, crystallized for me all the challenges that I'd faced, having you know been somebody you know three generations back from this hometown. I came back home. Luckily, I had a family safety net. As a young entrepreneur, a successful person, you know, who had been a you know director of a tech company in New York City and traveled around the world, I mm. had trouble finding a place to live in Martin County. Um, I lived with my my and my great grandfather's uh, you know mobile home in Hope Sound. I was so lucky that I could live there um, because we just have like there was no housing stock available. It was so hard to find a place to live. So I knew that one thing that I needed to try to figure out how to make happen was to have more housing options in Stewart, more affordable housing options, more rental options, um, and so that was sitting in the back of my mind. What actually got me interfacing with this local government at all was um, I got tapped to weigh in on a backyard chickens ordinance several years ago. It's so funny how things work out, but I was like the local farm guy. And so they reached out and said, hey, we're mulling this backyard chickens ordinance. Can you help us, you know, craft the code and give us some pointers? And so I did. And in so doing, I got involved with the local meetings. I started going to the meetings and speaking on behalf of, uh, uh, you know, uh, for the proposed ordinance. For the and chickens. You were for the, the chickens. chickens. It seems so silly, right? I was there for chickens. But as I was doing that, I, I heard the other items that were being discussed. I got to know the commissioners. I got to see the process of my local government. And I was like, wow, you really, if you go to a city or a county commission meeting 
as boring as it can be, <laughs> it can also be, it's mind blowing for, like you say, somebody who's got that anger or who has that drive to want to do something. If you actually see what's going on, you say, there is so much going on in our local government that impacts our daily lives. This is where we can make change happen. So finally, after that, I got more and more involved. I started going to every meeting and, um, and uh, I got tapped by um, Commissioner, uh, former Mayor Becky Bruner as she was running for commission. Um, I was helping her with her campaign. She, uh, she said, I'd love to appoint you to the Community Redevelopment Board, which is the board that I sat on. If I get on the commission, I can't sit on it anymore. I'd love for you to go there. And so I was on the CRB and I got to sit up on the, on the dais and, and make decisions. And I loved it. It was amazing. I got to review development applications and talk about budget priorities for our CRA. And uh, what's CRA? CRA is a community to redevelopment area. And it's a really, really important tool that local governments have to basically, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a social and economic justice tool. It's a powerful tool that allows you to, you basically take a, uh, you create a, uh, an area that you, you take a certain amount of tax dollars that has to be spent on certain kinds of project within that area over the course of several years. So it it really it's a tool that you can use to focus on positive redevelopment. And when it's originally designed as a way to reduce blight and slum and help inspire a revitalization of community neighborhoods. So I loved working with that, and um, I had the opportunity to run for a commission seat when uh, Commissioner Campeni resigned, and. Um, it was just like, all right, all systems go. Here's my shot. I'm going to really just give it a go. And and uh, one thing led to another, and I narrowly won, and it has been an awesome ride ever since. So you, you literally almost just quoted Hamilton right now. You had your shot. You know, and you're not, you're not going to, so it's just, it's just all working together, Mike, for this Are show. you, are you like, do you own stock in Disney? Are you trying to? <laughs> it's a big day. This is the day that Hamilton film gets dropped on Disney plus. This is a big day. For, you, aren't you a big Hamilton fan? I could see you just running around saying, I'm not going to with my shot. No. You know, I'm that strange guy that like went to New York and I, I was into like musical theater a little bit in high school, but I don't know. I just, it's not my thing anymore, but yeah, I know I need to see Hamilton. I know it's super important. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm going to do it. Okay. Dude, you could come over, just mask up and you know what you can watch over on Disney. Yeah. Plus. Physical distance Hamilton viewing party. That's right. That's right. We'll do a drive through thing or drive up. You no, know, I need to, I love Lin-Manuel Miranda. I've got it. I've just got to watch it. I'm, I'm just yeah. getting through rewatching ABC scandal for the fourth time. It's, you know, <laughs> got yeah. a lot on my plate. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're becoming a political junkie. You're watching Scandal, and then next you'll watch Hamilton. And but the thing too I want to bring up is that you know Hamilton did erupt a lot of uh, interest and intrigue into the history of our country, but also questioning what is what does young scrappy leadership look like? And and so my hope is that there's that there's going to be a lot more Mike Myers, you know, behind you, and that, there, that there's going to be youth who listen to this hopefully and be like, you know what. I can make change, right? And, and I think that the, the generation coming up, um, they are hungry uh, to, to make a difference. And, and the, the generations, always the generations behind us always get a bad rap, right? That they're just too privileged, they get too much handed to them. Um, but the feeling I get, um, especially from just the kids in my church, is that they are hungry for a new day. They are hungry for, um, uh, especially now during these times, when you talk to them about like, let's say racial tension, uh, they they just don't 
in, in a real, and I mean this in a very healthy way, they don't want to care about race. They're like, what, this, 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 shouldn't, right. this, shouldn't, this shouldn't matter. This shouldn't matter. It shouldn't what. matter, right. And that, that in a way is, is, is kind of refreshing in, in a way. I mean, I know we have to be aware of, of obviously, um, and, but, but in a way where it's not like, why do we have to keep on talking about this? I don't care if this person's this color or that color. Can we just move forward and, and make a better tomorrow? But I don't know. So what are you seeing here? You know, right before we take a break, I just want to see so we can vaunt into our second half here. What are, as you know, that the, our, our country is busy and uh, full of tumultuous topics right now, uh, like the pandemic of racism and the pandemic of COVID-19. How much of that tension are you seeing here um, in, in, our, in our beautiful little town of uh, Stewart, Florida? Well, we have a break here in two minutes, and that's a big question. So before we jump into it, why don't I just kind of join the two things that you just said, talking about young, scrappy people getting together and trying to make a change through political leadership and race? I got to make a special shout out. There are young people out there that are right now running for office in our community, in our region. You've got people like Henry Duhart, a young, a young black man who's running for St. Lucie County Commission. You've got uh, someone like uh, Harold Arbery, who's running for um, Fort Pierce mayor. You've got uh, uh, the Fort Pierce Commission, I believe. There's um, another young man, um, Robinson, I want to say. I think it's Kenny Robinson. Kenny Robinson running for uh, Fort Pierce City Commission. So, you know, we're seeing it. And those are, and those are three black men. And, mm. and they're all young. And uh, so it's happening. We've got young people. We've got Jolene Caraballo in Port St. Lucie. She was in office before. We've got Janet Hernandez, a young um, indigenous uh, woman uh, in uh, Indian Town. It's, we're seeing the change. It's happening now. Dude, you're in the right business, man. You just dropped, like, I, you just expanded my mind. So I had no idea that this was happening in front of us, you know, of, of all these wonderful young leaders who are rising up. Um, and this, this is fantastic. A way to give a shout out um, to the folks to keep us in tune of people we want to support and lift up. Get, Rabbi and I are in the business of just forming leaders, right? Of course, leaders of faith. Uh, but that's what we're doing is trying to empower people to step into their faith and, and make a change in this in this in, in, in our world. But I think also I think also, Father Anderson, I think also, you know, um, our, our role is is not only to inspire, but to inform. Um, you know, I, I, I always feel that as a rabbi, these are social these are social justice issues that need to be addressed. And, and they're not political. I mean, obviously, yes, we can take it in a political frame but ultimately uh equality justice for all i mean these are all human uh, compassionate understandings that we want to impress upon our community to to make viable and lasting change so with that <laughs> we're going to allow our mayor to grab a break and to grab a breather and we'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail we're going to take a quick break for all the people who make this show possible give them some conviction and when we come back, we're going to dive, we'll dive deeper into what exactly, how is Mike, Mayor Mike, steering um, our city um, during a little bit of a tumultuous time, just a little bit uh, in our country. And what does that look like here um, in Stewart, Florida? Stick around. We'll be right back.
You're listening to a priest and a rabbi podcast. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and please leave a rating and a review, five-star rating and a positive review if you can. We certainly appreciate it. That is the best way to make sure that others out there just like you can find this podcast. If you want to get in contact with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin, you can do so by emailing a priest and a rabbi at gmail.com. And the absolute best way to get a hold of the fellas is to call into the radio show. This podcast airs live on the radio every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSTU 1450. And you can listen live online at WSTU1450.com. And if you want to join the show, you can call in to 772-220-9788. That's 772-220-WSTU. Hey, everyone. This is Father Christian here on A Priest and a Rabbi. So happy for you to be here on this podcast with us. And I want to let you know that I have started a YouTube channel called Your Favorite Christian. And you can check it out on YouTube. And every Monday, I drop a new episode. And it's always through the lens of faith, but taking on different topics such as dating, relationships, marriage, pop culture. Uh, I've done one recently where I went out to the art show and talked about how do we find our relationship with God through all the what all the latest artists are doing. Um, last week was what do women really want um, in a man uh, and interviewing different people to be a part of that. So uh, please check that out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, uh, put on the notifications so you get that every Monday. Um, I also want to let you know of uh, we this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a generous donor from St. Mary's Episcopal Church who wishes to remain anonymous. All he asked, though, was that um, the information gets out that St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart has a healing center. And so you can call if you're looking for a counselor, someone to be there for you during a challenging time, and you can call the church at 772-287-3244. We also have a group of Stephen ministers who have been trained over 50 hours of training to be with you and walk with you during a time of crisis. They are not counselors. They are trained just to be more of the presence um, of, of Christ or and, and walk with you during a time of crisis, whether it's a, a good crisis of having, oh my gosh, my daughter's about to get married, or if there's something a little bit heavier. So give us a call, 772-287-3244, and I thank that anonymous donor who uh, makes this all possible. All right, God bless you, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back to A Priest and a Rabbi. This is Father Christian and Rabbi Matthew Durbin. We are here with none other with Mayor Mike Meyer. So don't say we don't get celebrities on the show and we get people who can't even walk around town without people stopping them for autographs because we do today. We have uh, Mayor Mike Meyer. But I will say, I will say, I am really, I am really humbled and very blessed, uh, Christian, to be able to say that we bring on real people who make real differences in our communities. And they are that, real I am grateful. They are not avatars. This is true. <laughs> we do bring on actual real people. But if so this is this so Mike, you're our real, right? I'm so real. <laughs> you're so real. He's so real. No, but that's right though. I mean that the 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 guests that we try we try to bring on folks who are just really making a change. They push the boundaries. They're not afraid to uh, play it unsafe. And because in order to really make change in this in this, in this life of ours, man, you, you got to get outside the comfort zone. 
And you did, man, because politics was not really on your uh, radar at all. And it's so clear from this first half of the show that we've had how your passion for your community and your passion for change is really going to make this this world a better place for us, especially our city. You see things that need to be changed. You see we need more affordable housing. We see we we need more. Um, how do we support local businesses and get creative about that? So um, it's not about you. That's what I'm hearing. It's really about your community. Your uh, it's a it's a selfless it's a selfless aim. So um, that's great, man. And you're talking about it's inspiring. You're telling us about other young leaders who are lifted up um, and. I think right now, too, since we're focusing on this in, in our country, is that you, you're, you also just mentioned about four uh, leaders of, of, of people of color who are young and, and they're, they want to make a change as well. And it sounds like you, you know who they are. So do you guys like do, do all I'm going to sound like I'm just this old guy talking to you. But do all you young leaders sit around and talk with one another? <laughs> is there like sort of like a network where it's like you guys look each other up? Because it is maybe it's not unusual, but from my seat, it seems like this is exciting and awesome. And maybe it's just totally normal and you see it all the time, but that in our little town, in our little County, we got about there's a whole bunch of young candidates rising up. Do you find that strange or is that kind of just, no, father Christian, this is normal. This is how it is. Um, no, it's uh, I don't think it's strange. I mean, I, we've had young people run for office. Um, Tyler Green James, a young black man from East Stewart community ran for a city commission seat a few, a few races ago um but i think we're having a moment right now where there is we're we're seeing uh more young people and especially people of color uh running for office which is which is a great trend um and i think it's also we're realizing like our own our our own uh our own power and our own ability um I, you know, yesterday at the county commission meeting where we were discussing masks, a few people talked about the 30-year-old mayor that they could eat for breakfast. Um, there's a lot of ageism going around out there. You know, young people oh, were, wow. were, were seen as we don't have any wisdom or experience or we're misguided or whatever. But, um, you know, look around. Our The governor, he was elected to office when he was 40. I mean, our... Mm -hmm. We have young leaders, and they're and and they are leading this country. They're leading states. They're leading local governments, and and we have valid opinions. And we and we're in it for the long haul. Um, we want to build futures that we can raise families in, and and our and and our our friends and and next generations can thrive in. So, um, you know. But as far as as people of color, yeah, I think uh, we're we're seeing definitely more locally here. Uh, which is which is a good thing because we have these populations that need to be represented and need to be fought for and spoken for, um, and uh, so it's it's an encouraging trend and that's why I got to keep keep putting those names out there. Can can you tell tell us more about that about uh, so young leaders and people of color who uh, uh, there's a need and a call to represent marginalized communities here. Uh, so why is there that need? Has it has the need not been fulfilled, and has it been very underrepresented? People of color, do you think, in Martin County? Um, well, I mean, you know, we have. A, I'm proud to sit alongside my vice mayor, Eula Clark, as a as a black woman from um, from around the Eastwood community, and um, and she's been a, a force on the commission for for several years. Um, but we don't have any. We currently don't have any black leaders in Martin County, and we have a, a black population. We don't have any Latinx leaders um, on the county commission or on the city commission. Um, and, and that's not to say that we, you know, that we have to have some sort of forced system of, uh, of represent representational leadership. I think that's an important goal to shoot for. Um, but, uh, 
I mean, how are you going to be able to truly uh, affect a policy change if you aren't experiencing um, life as a person dealing with those with with what it's like to be a person of color in in this county? Um, you know, I I talk a lot. I, I, I'm volunteer actively within the East Stewart community. I uh, used to work with uh, the the former organization called East Stewart Partnership with Thelma Washington. Shout out to Thelma who runs um, mm. uh, Gertrude Walden. I grew up in Thelma's house. She and my, my her son, uh, Jonathan, and I were best friends in school. Um, her His father and, and my mother worked together at Martin. And so we, we grew up together. Mm. And so I kind of went back to Mama Thelma and helped her out at, at, uh, at Gertrude Walden. Um, and you know, I got into the community and, and, but even still hearing all these stories and working and volunteering, I am still never going to know what it's like to be, to have to deal with what it's like to be uh, black in Martin County. And I hear stories all the time about, you know, getting pulled over for no good reason or, and, and that's never happened to me. You know, uh, one of my coworkers, uh, uh, Jessica, she's a white woman. She has a couple brown babies with a, with her black husband. And, um, and she said she was completely oblivious to it too. Um, and she gets, you know, she's told me it was like so eye-opening the first couple times. And then it continued on that she got stopped with him because he was driving the car. And it's wow. like, wow, really? You know, it's just, those kind of stories are, um, they're, they're, they're so heartbreaking and you almost don't want to believe it. Like it can't be true. Well, <laughs> it is true. So, you know, we just have to, I think those, those voices in leadership are important because if we don't hear those stories, if we don't have those experiences, how can we actually look at our policies and look at the way that our, our city operates and to try to affect a little bit more justice? Of course, we're never going to stop. We're never going to stop uh, interpersonal racism. Unfortunately, we can't rule that out. But are there ways that we could make our local community, as from a policy perspective, more just? So, and and that's going to take more voices of color in the conversation, not just in the conversation, but in actual positions of leadership and power with a vote. Right, right. Oh, this is great. So, what, what as a mayor, how do you foster that? And or or what? What you know? Because you're you're saying we just need more people at the table. We need a table. The people who are making the decisions and the choices that are guiding this city and guiding this county they need to reflect. They need to reflect the community that's being served. Right. Um, so how do you as a mayor help foster that and encourage that? It's, it's, it really is a challenge. I got to be honest. Um, you know, all good intentions, uh, intentions are, are not enough. Um, and, I, and I know that I need to do more and, and do better. Um, there's a lot of mistrust and, uh, and hurt feelings and, and history of oppression that, um, that makes it difficult for, for me, even as a young person who's been in the community and who has volunteered and been present and active, it's difficult for me to to have that trust um, because I now sit in a position of power uh, in a government that has historically sometimes not been fair or, or 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 just to certain populations. So there's only so much that I personally can really do myself as the mayor. Um, one really good thing that we're doing, and 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 I'm really happy that our our vice mayor Eula. Um, uh, pushed for this, which we unanimously on the city commission voted for it, was to create a community, um, well, Eula called it a diversity commission. Uh, but essentially, what I intend it to be is a, is a race relations and, and anti-racism, race, racial justice uh, 
board, basically. It's not a city board, but it is a group of local organizations like NAACP of Martin County, ACES, the African American Citizens of East Stewart, um, our Faith in Florida partners, Alicia Harriel. She's awesome, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, another local amazing leader. Um, and uh, uh, we're still looking for um, uh, Latinx uh, community organization, as well as city staff to get together have open-ended conversations about our policies, about our community's stories, and figure out are there ways that we can change what we do and how we do, um, what tools do we have available to us to, to make life better for our entire community, especially for communities that have had the short end of the stick long-term. And there are things that we'll never, unfortunately, at, at least with our limited power here locally, that we can't necessarily address directly, right? I was heartbroken to hear about uh, public comments a couple times, a couple meetings ago, um, the story of just being refused, um, a, a black man in East Stewart being refused a mortgage. Um, and I know that there have been, a, there's a history of, of unjust lending practices that were born out of redlining. And we have, you know, a history of zoning laws, which do perpetuate um, systemic segregation. Um, and, you know, there's, there's only certain bites that we can take against those things. Those require a much bigger kind of national set of laws to address those policies. So, you know, it's like when you, when you peer under the rug, it's so scary. You, your first instinct is just to put it back down and say, okay, we don't want to deal with this because right. where the heck, how can we even start? But I think it's, it's starting locally. It's forming this group together, getting the voices together in the room to say, where are we? Where are we feeling this oppression? Where are we not getting um, the the kind of where where are we not having that access to liberty and justice for all? <laughs> and and then what can we do about it? Wow, this is great, brother. This is so good. So so so, Mike, just 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 to kind of um, double back a little bit. You're volunteer. You're the mayor. You're a farmer. Where does Mike find the time for his own personal kind of release? Or how do you manage uh, your own personal time? How do you manage that work-life kind of healthy uh, balance? Uh, I'll be honest. It's not healthy. I'm, I'm really burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh I'm not I'm you know I'm not I'm not in, at risk of failure like the like the Roosevelt Bridge but I am uh, I'm tired. It's mm -hmm. hard. This has been a this has been a really rough year. Um you know I'm I'm giving it my all. Um every once in a while I you know I'm juggling a lot of balls every once in a while one drops. Um but I you know I don't want to sit up here and and kind of perpetuate this myth that like you can do it all. Yeah, you know like mm -hmm. It is hard. It is taxing. I am so tired, but I, I, it's conversations like these. It's moments where I get that one, that one person that will send me an email or send me a note or a call and say, thank you for what you just did. Thank you for what you just said. Thank you for the vote you just cast. You are making a difference in the community. And when I get that, it's like that little shot I need just to, okay, like I'm going to keep on going. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, I, I try my best, like the one thing that I try to keep up on is sleep. If, if I don't, I try to get seven to eight hours. I don't compromise on that. Um, nice. I'm able, I'm able to, 
to kind of hang with whatever everything that's going on. I try to keep my sleep, but other than that, you know, it's rough. <laughs> it's there's no time for social. Luckily, with COVID, I mean, I wouldn't feel really safe doing a lot of social anyway. But um, you know, it's it's a lot. It's tough. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'm having a hard time. It's the challenge of of, of leadership that's that's wanting to real make serious change. And I think anytime you get a part of any kind of movement where uh, you're leading a flock of folks, and for you, your flock is pretty big. Um, it's, it's the city of Stewart, and you're one who doesn't want to play it safe, right? You, are, you want to look under the rug, <laughs> like you said. And it's, it's demanding. And until you lift up this team and folks who are all on board, who can support you, I mean, you're, it's challenging, man. I think you know, the rabbi and I, what, I don't know, throughout my formation in seminary, they kept on pushing on a self-care, self-care, self-care. And we all yeah. kind of poo-pooed it and said, what, whatever, you know, you guys are just old and, you know, you know, we're like Mike Meyer, we're young, scrappy and hungry. We want to get out there and make change and we don't need a Sabbath rest. And then you get into the mix of it and you start jumping and everything and you see the need and you want to serve and you want to serve and you realize, man, if I keep on doing this, I'm going to burn out. And that's that's not good for anyone. But I but I also think that 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 part of one's success in doing it is having very supportive and understanding yes. staff. I mean, you know, my community. I love Temple Beit Hayam. I love my synagogue and my community, and my leadership. You know, in the past, we've had I've had presidents that have said, Rabbi, at any point, if you're taking too much on, you let us know, and we will we will step in. We will try and help you and support that. Just those seeming words, just those very simple words, I, I, I think do help to be able to say, I, I'm not doing this alone. I can't, none of us can do this alone. But I think yeah. with great supportive staff and with great and uh, just, you know, uh, understanding people who see the positive of what we're doing, um, that can make a change. Um, and, and, and Mike, I love the fact that you said, you know, sometimes the ball is dropped. Um, and I love that because I think there's there's something there also about humility to say I'm not perfect. No if way. I make mistakes, <laughs> let me know. Yeah, I um, and and I just want to say too, you know, I I'm the head of this of this growing farm business, which I love. It, and that's a lot of I mean that's a lot of work too. We're growing right now, but yes, I have amazing, amazing employees, amazing staff that are so great. I mean. I'm kind of at this 40,000 foot view where I'm, you know, imagining the uh, setting up the business like on a kind of higher level. Um, and I have amazing staff and my, and our owner is, is very kind and generous. And then on the city side, exactly that, you know, I don't do the day to day of the, of the writing of the code and the ordinances and all that staff does that and they do a great job. I, you know, but the, the work is really in how much change are you willing to make? And when you want to go against the grain and actually try to like, not disrupt, but make a system better or make it more just or, or include more people within it, you've got to like lift up the rug and it, you have, I mean, you, there's a never ending amount of work to do. So you, yeah, the self-care thing is really important. I try to remind myself about that, but it's a challenge. It really is, you know? So I mean, and I'm very blessed that I have the opportunity. I've got a great supportive family and, and um, you know, I don't have a lot of other responsibilities. There's no way I could do this if I had, you know, a family with children. There's, mm. I mean, I don't know how, I do not know how people with children uh, are and families are doing what they're doing right now. I mean, I really got to 
bow down to all of them. I think I have it hard. <laughs> Give me a break, you know? So I try to be humble about that too and just do what I can. Right. Well, and, and now you have your own personal rabbi and priest to be here to care for you. Uh, so, you yes. Know, anytime we are here, we'll be on, we'll, we'll be honored to be on your speed dial if you need prayer right. or love or whatever, or just to, just to like let loose because we take vows that we can't say anything, right? So if you uh, just, great. just let it rip. Uh, we're here for you. <laughs> um, just real quick, you know, I, I want to, we, and you know, here in Martin County and in Stewart, there's a pretty, there is a diversity of opinion and, and it's not, uh, it's not homogenous by any means where how, like any place when approaching some of these hot topics, like let's talk about, you know, marginalized communities and um, how do you deal? I mean, even just the term black lives matter uh, can be divisive um, in this region to some folks, you know, some parts of the country, it's just like, it's, it's not really uh, a divisive term, but in some places it can. And I found that some place here that it, even saying that can be, folks can go into, it, it can derail sometimes a conversation and take it somewhere else, as opposed to just, let's just talk about how black lives matter. Um, how do you as a mayor balance both, like all these sensitivities that you know, cause you're serving everyone, right? And you're, you're serving the disenfranchised, yeah. you're serving also the, the, the ones who are franchised. And so, how do you walk that rope? Because I hear the passion in you. You want to care for those who are who are left on the margins. Um, do you find that as a challenge to kind of balance all these thoughts and views of how to interpret even just current events? You know, um, it's not a challenge more than I think it's just, it's all about kind of correcting correcting the story and correcting the narrative. I know that with a very, very small exception, we all care about liberty and justice for all. And to your earlier point, I think you had it right on the nose, Father, when you said that, you know, people don't want, people want to be beyond race. And I think that that's kind of what we're, maybe what we're grappling with right now is that, you know, there are racial injustices in our systemic and within our country and even, in, you know, on the local level. And I think a lot of people don't feel like that they are a racist person. And so they just don't want to deal with it because it's doesn't, it's, you know, it isn't real to them. Mm. And, um, and I totally understand that. And, and so I understand that hesitancy, because it's like, well, you know, I'm not racist, and, and we're not racist. And we have this great community, and everyone's living their lives. I get that. But, you know, I think it's just, this isn't about divisiveness. Every time I hear that, you know, oh, this is ripping our country apart and dividing us. It's not to me. I mean, I'm seeing this country unifying. We're all kind of, we're hearing stories. What what could be more American than the fight for liberty and justice for all? We're not taking away from anybody. We're finding ways to make the system work better for everybody. It's not a zero sum game. Everybody everybody has a shot to be more, to have more justice and more liberty in this country. So I think my main thing is, you know, when I never, I, tr I never lose my cool. It's one thing I think one skill somehow I'd, I'm blessed with. Um, I take everybody and I meet them where they are. And I try to have conversations as best I can if they're in good faith, you know, if people are not there in good faith, I, I sort of just let it go. But I think I try my I think the best shot we have is to meet people where they are and 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 walk alongside them and hold their hand and say, we are all doing this together for everyone's benefit. A stronger community for the oppressed, um, benefiting the oppressed benefits all. This isn't about taking from you to give more to this person. It's about all of us working together for everybody to be better off. Um, and so 
you know, sometimes that that sinks in, I think. Sometimes it doesn't because we're in such a polarized moment right now. But we we cannot get away from that messaging. You've got to keep resetting the story. This is not about us versus them. This is not about divisiveness. This is about all of us together for justice. What would be your advice to folks like Rabbi Durbin and myself, uh, a priest where, uh, of how to uh, unite and let's say, cause you know, we, we, we look at our parishes and, and our parishes, it's election time, temperatures are high, you know, they're gonna be higher than they ever have been. And there's just gonna be lots of information pouring in through all different news networks. And so we have people in our congregations who uh, watch, we have an MSNBC person over here, and then we have a, you know, yeah. a Fox News person over here. Um, and and you're, so you're trying to approach things like, let's talk about um, uh, racial disparities. Uh, and, and there's gonna be different narratives that are being told what would be your advice to us as we approach that to try to honor everyone where they're at uh, with, without sort of um, giving a skim milk version of it all? You know, talking about the hard truths, um, but, uh, um, but at the same time, not saying it strongly enough where you might alienate some people, if you know what I mean. You know, this is well, yeah, I, you know, well, that's why you guys make the big bucks. So I, I, don't, <laughs> I, can, I don't know if I can give you too much advice and, and, and I'll be, and I'll be frank. I'm not, um, I'm not a, um, a, a religious person, I should say. I, I, you know, I, um, I have my own faith, uh, but I don't follow a, a prescriptive religion. Um, but I, but I was raised in a, in the Southern Baptist faith tradition and um, and I do have a respect for the Bible and for its teachings. And I think um, you know we're in a moment right now where there are some there there is an increasing amount of uh, of uh, religion is being used as a way to undermine government authority or to question government authority to kind of just basically throw it all out, you know, as a sort of a false prophet or a false god. And I think that that's the that's the absolute wrong direction to go in. I think um, religion uh, should be used as a way to help make people more concerned and more active about what's going on in life and, and maybe help get people to um, figure out ways to affect better change. But I think really, ultimately, when you have those differences of opinion, use what you have best, which is to go back to your your holy texts and to try to meet people. I mean, you say meet people where they are. Well, if you've got an MSNBC viewer and a Fox News viewer both at congregation with you, where they are is in a faith tradition with you. So use that faith tradition. Speak to where is justice? Where is care for the oppressed? Where is, um, is, is love and compassion? Where is that highlighted in your holy texts? And focus on that. That is how we're going to bring people together. Not, not you know... If they're there, that's where they're at. Work with them through this, you know, how does your faith tradition talk about justice? And I think that that is the lens that is going to help kind of have everybody come together and say, yeah, we are actually saying the same thing. So I'm trying to ask our producer, um, Evan, can you drop a mic right there and just make the sound of a mic being dropped? Because I think think Mayor Mike just did the first official mic drop on a priest and a rabbi. Um, that was that was fantastic. Um, I wish we could keep on going on and on. We're nearing the end of the show. Um, Mayor Mike, for people that just learn more about what you're up to with the city of Stewart and also learn about the great stuff you're doing uh, for with local farming, can, can you direct our listeners of where, where to go to learn more? 
Yeah, sure. So the the farm that I work for is Colab Farms, C-O-L-A-B Farms. And our website is collabfarms.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. And we are proud to be soon opening our um, newly renovated, the old ground floor farm site in downtown Stewart, which will be called Colab Kitchen and Market. Uh, so stay tuned. Later this fall, we'll be reopened with a restaurant, market, and bar. Um, as far as the city goes, uh, you know, you can follow my uh page on Mike Meyer. Um, I think it's slash Meyer for Stuart on Facebook. Um, but you know, I share some pertinent information there occasionally. Follow City of Stuart. If you're on social media, follow the City of Stuart main page. It's called Stuart Life. And then honestly, attend a meeting. We meet on the second and fourth Mondays at 530 at City Hall in downtown Stuart. Come to a meeting. It will inspire you. Um, you'll get to see us in action, and maybe it will inspire you to rise up and become a new leader um, or figure out ways that you can push for change in, in your community. Mayor Mike, we're honored. Thank you. We know you got a, a thoroughly busy schedule, and you took the time out to jump on uh, the show with us, and uh, we are very grateful. Uh, so. It's my pleasure and my honor. Thank you very much, uh, Rabbi and Father. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So God bless you all. So if you guys have missed the part, the first part of this uh, episode or the show, you can check out the Priest and the Rabbi podcast. So just go into any Apple podcast, any podcast, and look up a Priest and a Rabbi podcast. The one with the better looking rabbi, that's the one. And uh, check out this episode. And so you can hear about from uh, Mayor Mike and from all other episodes about how we can grow and be better as all um, equal and loving children of God. God bless you all. We'll see you here next Friday on a priest and a rabbi. Go get them. Happy fourth.